0: Well, well, well. Hello! This is Nick Flanagan Weekly, and I am Nick Flanagan, your weekly friend. Your friend who enjoys being in Canada sometimes. Your friend who has gone through many times rough-and-tumble world of a tour, touring with bands, Touring, opening for bands with comedy. Touring, opening for comedians with comedy. Staying in his town doing comedy. Emailing bookers of comedy shows at small bars and sending in clips of me doing comedy. Where the sound is bad. And the angle is bad. And arguably the response is bad. Hello, I'm Nick. Look, I I was just a little self-deprecating. I'm actually very proud of my oeuvre thank you for listening to Nick. <laughs> thank you for listening to Nick. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And thanks for turning it on, powering up, booting up your laptop. I know that's how you're listening to it. You're staring at your laptop. You've got your iTunes on, your headphones in the jack. And you're, you're listening to this on Winamp Player, or perhaps uh, QuickTime, maybe. Remember how sometimes you'd play like a music file on QuickTime back in the day, you don't do that anymore very much. Thank you very much. Oh, God. Right? That's all you can say today. Today is... I'm recording this on the 19th of November. It's like midnight. I just ate a bowl of blueberries with yogurt. A little late for me to be eating. I've been on a very good track of not... Eating, not really doing too much sugar ingestion after, you know, 8 p.m. Ever since I started doing a little side hustle, uh, it's been harder to do that. So perhaps this will be my last bowl of blueberries after 8 p.m. We will see for the foreseeable future. Until the old waistline's where I want it to be. Until those abs of mine are visible through my shirt. Through the Taz shirt I'm wearing right now. Taz being short for Tasmanian Devil. One of the most enduring Warner Brothers Looney Tune characters. Mary Melody's characters. It's funny, nobody remembers Lenny Bruce, but everybody remembers Bugs Bunny. You know why? Only one of them played basketball. That's why. And one of them was funnier. No offense to Lenny. But, yeah, it's November 19th. Today we all woke up, hung around, and then suddenly everyone was like, ah, oh, this Kyle Rittenhouse dude is uh, guilty of being not guilty in the eyes of the law. <laughs> I think I saved that. He was found not guilty on every charge he was charged with. Which, honestly, they barely – it was hard to even know what he was charged with because – I don't know, morally, it just seemed like there was something very wrong with what happened in Kenosha. So just the idea of sort of labeling it, I think, felt immaterial. But of course, it was very important, I think, to why this verdict was what it was. Anyway, I don't think I'll talk about this quite right now. I'd like to start off without bumming you out, although I already didn't start that way. I'm going to my Ah, frick it. I'm going to talk about it. I, I, I've started. I might as well keep going. Frick it. America right now has a lot in common with America in the past. Let's face it. It's been an ongoing thing. And although this thing that happened with this guy, this little kid who somehow devoted his life to the idea of being an unqualified protector of inanimate businesses. Um, it was just such a combination of bad things coming together. Variables in essentially what was bedlam, I mean, I'm into these protesting. I think these should happen. But obviously with the police presence, with the presence of counter-protesters, with the presence of just any kind of person, a lot of those protests did get crazy, obviously. And because of those variables, that created a situation where a 17-year-old kid who shows up has like a mentally ill guy throw something at him, shoots him. Some other people like, oh my God, you shot him. They go after him, then he's shooting them. And you know how it all could have been avoided? Just by not – deciding not to go and be private justice. It's that simple. It, it, it's It's really – absurd to me it's it's almost like this crazy variation of of the guardian angels in new york in the 1980s who were people who were there to you know deal with crime in their community i think primarily just by being present just by being present I, they weren't armed they were present and there is this whole class of I think I can say white guys. I don't think – I think if I were to do a little demographic take on it, uh, it would be white guys who are super into the cowboy mentality, super into the posse mentality. And the idea they can all get together and protect something and they're not cops and they're not private security – that is rampant in America. I mean, and it has been for the longest time. And I just started reading this really good Kurt Vonnegut book called Jailbird. Oh, it's been so long since I've sat down and read, I guess you can call it nonfiction. It's sort of a fictionalized uh, take on events in, in, in the 1940s through 70s. And they're talking about, he talks about this. Um, disastrous labor protest in the 1940s. I actually haven't checked to see if it really happened in Cleveland. And it's about factory owners who both call in the National Guard but also um, private citizenry. So this is what I read that spoke to me. I don't know if it will even really resonate, but I'm going to read it anyway. This is from Jailbird by Kurt Vonnegut. A company of National Guard infantrymen was mobilized by Edwin Kincaid, the governor of Ohio, to protect the factory. They were farm boys from the southern part of the state, selected because they had no friends or relatives among the strikers. No reason to see them as anything but unreasonable disturbers of the peace. They represented an American ideal. Healthy, cheerful citizen-soldiers who went about their ordinary business until their country suddenly needed an awesome display of weapons and discipline. They were supposed to appear as though from no where to the consternation of America's enemy. Sorry. They were supposed to appear as though from nowhere to the consternation of America's enemies. When the trouble was over, they would vanish again. The regular army of the country, which had fought the Indians until the Indians could fight no more, was down to about 30,000 men. As for the utopian militias throughout the country they almost all consisted of farm boys since the health of the factory workers was so bad and their hours so long. It was about to be discovered, incidentally, in the Spanish-American War that militiamen were worse than useless on battlefields. They were so poorly trained. So you see, right there he's encapsulating what is happening now. This thing where The army doesn't know anybody. In fact, if they see people who are, quote, on their side trying to control things, they're thankful because it's extra people. But those people are untrained, scared, and there. And that's the thing. Now, with this one person who is sick of mind, ill of mind, who is there pushing a dumpster— That's about mental illness. And that's a whole other thing. And that's worldwide. I was just talking about this. Someone on Instagram was messaging me because I made a little Instagram story about it. And then you have all the other factors that came in afterwards. You have this judge who's like, you know, grandstanding and throws out evidence of Kyle Rittenhouse punching a girl on video and saying he could shoot these protesters. I mean,. When your bluster, <laughs> I'll use the word bluster, it's the 21st century, I'll, I'll bring that word into the 21st century, is validated, that's really dangerous. I mean, that's what happened with Donald Trump. And you wind up, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with this Rittenhouse kid. And by interesting, I mean depressingly Interesting tragically interesting most likely. I'm sure it'll go very similarly to George Zimmerman. I'm not sure, but that's my suspicion that he'll get heralded for a while and then people are going to be like this is a sick this is a sick person and we don't know what to do with this. I mean, the people who are celebrating this stuff, celebrating self-defense on this level which are all internet commentators, people on TV, again, bluster. I don't think They have anything to be proud of anything, you know, and I think, and I, to say this will embolden militia people, or I guess vigilante or whatever you want to call it. They're already emboldened. Like they're, it's already there. It's been there for ages I mean, like, it, I was just talking to someone again on Instagram after my story who responded about how, you know, I am on some level hopeful that all of these people, all of this mentality, that they get tired of being angry before people get tired of being, well, I guess also angry, but just trying to get people to all live together. Because that's all I want. That's all I grew up with. And the other way, I see that, and no offense, it's too empty for me. I want all the people around, different things, different perspectives, different food. And I just hope, The side that doesn't want that gets tired. I'm not saying I want them to die. I want them to get too tired to keep going with this. Because there is no good... The only way to end things is to end things. You know what I'm saying? Like The more you just repeat, repeat, repeat the way you see things and keep going in conflict... It, it keeps going in conflict. This seems to be my talking style today where I say words and then realize that did constitute a sentence and repeat the sentence. I think that that is effective. I have read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I, honestly, I have done neither, but I blame the pandemic. There wasn't much of a chance. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse somehow has won friends and influenced people through this. I mean, imagine. And this is the same week young Dolph, a rapper, very talented rapper, gets killed in his neighborhood at a cookie shop. One of so many up-and-coming, talented rap artists who are killed on the regular. And so there is just... So much going on with guns. So much going on with the love of guns. So much going on with negative, collect, collect, collective thinking. I I don't know what the solution, but I I honestly am like maybe it'll peter out, you know, like a baby when it cries forever and then gets tired. So, yeah, this verdict was disappointing. I think it seemed like the fix was in. I, I didn't – when this was happening and there there was all this stuff with judges and the, the judge being weird, it, it just seemed like there was no way for it to go through. And I don't think a manslaughter charge was what he was up for. And something like that would have been, in my view, easier to convict the guy on. But what do I know? I'm just here in a room with an alligator – keyboard for children and a bicycle horn (laughs) handy my man Brandon Brandon Walsh sorry I've been watching 90210 Brandon Walsh funny comedian I think he he posted that (laughs) Kyle Rittenhouse was a CIA actor actor I guess who knows who knows what's going on with with the CIA I mean I don't Think I'm, a, I'm not going to go down a conspiracy route. I promise. I promise. But there sure are some weird things sometimes. And a story like this is really weird. So many things came together to create what happened. And what about that Las Vegas shooting? We still haven't figured out why that happened. And if we're going into my country, Canada, well, there was a really weird shooting in Halifax. No, no one has properly explained. So that's my take. It's a bummer. And not to keep the bummer going, but um, another person died. I didn't read how he died, but Hank, the singer of Turbo Negro, died. Um, Turbo Negro were such an influential band in the late 90s. They're very much of their time, but they were Norwegian with highly gay themes, but also sort of a death. I think they called themselves Death Rock. Um, they had so many funny songs, but they rocked. In fact, they were a huge influence on me because they were hilarious, but legit. You know, there was a band called the mummies that was really similar to that. Ween were like that. And I did apply that to all the bands I was in, um, combined with just like punk rock had that sort of simplistic cheap cheekiness most of the time. And I think I interviewed uh, Happy Tom, I did, the guitarist from Turbo Negro years and years ago, and it was just a blast. He was hilarious too. And I just need to salute such a great frontman. I saw them at Lee's Palace as part of Will Monroe's Vaseline, I believe, years ago, 20 years ago, 18 years ago. They had an album called Ass Cobra, and uh, they were awesome. And I salute Hank, okay? Hank, you're great. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's like very Canadian. I'm sorry you died. <laughs> I'm apologizing for to a person who is no longer alive. Sure. So listen to some Turbo Negro rock out. Read Jailbird if you want. That thing was awesome. And... What can I say? I am I I really wanted to do this episode early in the week. It kind of worked out well in that, you know, I wanted to get that off my chest that we were just talking about. And lots has been happening, so I have more to talk about. But I've been busy with this gig, and uh, it's a lot. I'm doing a lot of things that are not my <laughs> loves, but it's nice being out in the world. It's nice heading downtown like for five days in a row, working with people who are nice, and I'm, I'm happy I have something to do. Um, at the same time, I'm very paranoid that I will somehow be focusing so much on just surviving month-to-month, day-to-day, week-to-week, that suddenly I won't do things like this podcast or go out doing stand-up or all that stuff I love doing. Or, uh, I don't know, getting massages, which is my true passion. And um, that's still scary, but at the same time, I'm feeling a bit of momentum. And planning for the future has always been very hard for me. And I'm sort of looking to the future. I'm telling myself... You know, this is a period of time when you were doing this, and starting on X day, you will start thinking of other things, right? So so, are you going through that as well? Are you starting to think about the future? We're in the future. You know, felt like we were in a waiting room for a year and a half. So this is technically the future because it was – now, this is the future. But that was the past. Now, this is the future. And, you know, moment to moment was well, the future now. But now that was the past. So are you getting better at planning? Is it just me aging? Write me, weeklypodcast at gmail.com. By the way, devoted listeners, two things. First thing, man, I want to get my Twitter account with more followers at the flans. That's my comedy account. If you don't follow me, please follow me. If you see some funny jokes on them, retweet them or something. See if anybody gives a root. And secondly, I asked one of my classic questions the other day. That had been the fodder of the last couple episodes. I'll ask some questions and people will respond. Nobody responded to this. And I even shared it on various platforms. Nobody bit. The question I, I had was what's the worst you've screwed up at work? I should have realized no one wants to say that because jobs and work are so valuable now. Plus it reminds you of failure. Who wants that? So it's a blessing that nobody answered. But that being said, maybe my answer to my question for you today is, what question do you want me to ask on Twitter for people to answer? Write me weekly podcast, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com going to wrap this up. It's half past 12 in the evening right now. I'm going to play Resident Evil Code Veronica for PlayStation 2. I'm going to play that for a good 45 minutes, perhaps more. I got over the hump with a part that was difficult. And like with my very own life, I'm going to keep that momentum going. But weeklypodcastgmail.com Write me. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to throw me a buck or two. ko-fi.com slash nickflanagan patreon.com slash nickflanagan uh, It's hard to get my perks together for you. But I hope that at least the fact that I'm doing this regularly is makes you feel like, hey, I don't mind throwing Nick a little money. Don't throw it at me literally though. I would be hurt. Especially if they were coins covered in spikes, that would really hurt. Be well. Somehow stay hopeful. Remember, not all of us are in America. And if you are in America, thank you. You're probably one of the good ones. Because it's not... I don't know, I can't really explain it. I really don't think all the people... I just think there's a lot of ideals at work here. So sometimes people's actions, they won't actually act on the things they are, as I used before, the word that's going to be, it's the word of the show, bluster, you know. And then when it comes down to it, they actually might act with empathy. That's what I hope is that fundamentally people are mostly empathetic. Okay? Got it? Good. Thanks for listening.